pretty people. Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week, I am joined by my good friend, stand-up comedian, Chris Hale, for a game of Don't Rest Your Head. Don't Rest Your Head is an urban fantasy horror game in which players take on the role of insomniacs, trapped in the mad city, an ever-evolving, ever-shifting place where things don't quite make sense. The secret to their success? An arsenal of superpowers seemingly triggered by their inhuman, boundless exhaustion. Players have to navigate and escape the city and its assortment of strange, otherworldly inhabitants, all while resisting that urge to let your eyelids droop, close for just a moment, and drift off to sleep. Because in the mad city, sleep is worse than death. I really like this game, y'all. This is a really good game. Anyway... Uh, Chris is wonderful. Chris is a stand-up comedian, as I said, uh, taking part in this year's Philly's Funniest, which is an annual stand-up competition out of Helium Comedy in Philadelphia. Chris will be performing tonight, that's May 29th at 7pm at Helium Comedy in Philadelphia. If you listen to this episode, you should go out and support him, because Chris is good people, and it would make me really happy to have some party people out there to support a good friend doing some good work. There's more information in the show notes about Chris, Don't Rest Your Head, and Philly's Funniest. Check it out for more information. And with all that said, let's throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am sitting down with my good friend, Chris Hale. Chris, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Thanks, Jeff. I've been so excited for this for literally months. I've been, I have too. I'm really, I've I've also been very excited about this. Um, So real quick, at the top of the show, why don't you take a moment and talk about anything that you've got coming up, any projects you're working on, that sort of thing. Yeah, sure. Thanks. I, um... I fancy myself a bit of a stand-up comedian, and I have entered Philly's Funniest, which is a large multi-show uh, competition to find Philly's Funniest Person. Um, so I'm going to be entering that for the first time, despite weeks earlier saying that, you know, I don't take comedy that seriously. I'm not going to do any contests. And then I, like, immediately did the first contest available to me so i feel like that's i feel like that's i understand that work ethic a lot of like "Eh, i'm not gonna take this seriously and then the second i think i think about it for more than a minute i'm like oh no i've planned 17 things i have a problem with making like my hobbies my whole life sometimes so i just wanted to like take it easy with the trying to do more comedy and more comedy more seriously again but uh yeah so i'm gonna be doing that i haven't gotten my uh date yet but um That'll be fun. That's at Helium Comedy Club in Philly, um, and uh, it's a great contest. I know a lot of comedians that are going to be doing it, a lot of people who are way funnier than me, and so definitely go down there, check it out, and uh, it's it'll be a really good time. It'll be a good night, and um, yeah, and I'm also, I've in my retirement from my last hobby, uh, which was being involved in professional wrestling, I've kind of... Uh, dived back into role-playing games again and i have been trying my hand at a little bit of game design and uh i happen to notice that there's a contest that i noticed on twitter to write a 200 word role-playing game and so i have been working on one of those and i'm kind of play testing it with some friends now and uh i'm going to enter that because apparently that's what i do like i find a other people's cool hobby and then i enter contests that i will lose I, yeah, that's, that's, I think what we all do. I mean, I, I, I can safely say I have no idea what it's like to turn your, turn your hobbies into your whole life. Uh, on a related note, uh, listeners, if you want to subscribe to the Patreon, that would be tremendously helpful. <laughs> Leave us an iTunes review, uh, follow me on Twitter. That would all be great. 
No, I don't know. I know it's foreign experience to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you get where I'm coming from a little bit. <laughs> I do get where you're coming from. But uh, yeah, it's been fun. Yeah. So um, I'm th- yeah, I'm I'm super excited. Um, this week we are playing Don't Rest Your Head. It is a game we played before on the show. It is one of my favorite games. I really, I there's I, there's so much I like about it, and I'm really excited to dive in. Yeah, me too. When you uh, sent me the description, I was like, yes, I will definitely play this. And uh, I feel like uh, even the character creation even was just like unlike an experience I've had before. So this is going to be good. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm super. I'm super pumped. So why don't you? Uh, speaking of characters, why don't you introduce us to your character this week? Uh, sure. Uh, my character this week, uh, I'm going to, um, I realize I didn't ask you what, what his name was. Yeah. I, Cause again, like I, I, I struggle sometimes when I play, it's like, do I want to play it serious and really explore that? Or do I want to be a little tongue in cheek? And so I went serious with the characters. So I'm going to go a little tongue in cheek with the name. I'm going to go with Miami Vargas. Miami Vargas. That's a, that's a good name. I love names where people's first names are a city. It is a. It is a known thing. I love a good noun name. I I real or a good ver verber name. I realized is like. Oh, so give, like, me a, give me an example. Like runner, like hunter, uh, runner. I also just verbs. I think verbs and verbers are my go-to names. So runner, uh, slash, uh, hacks, any sort of like verb. Oh, verb, I like that. Okay, last name. I go in on. That's my. That's my. That's my go-to. Yeah, I like. I like cities like uh, Denton. Miami, you know what I mean? I, that's mm-hmm. I mean, no, that that was like the best thing about uh, that zombie movie was the the like Tallahassee. That's a great name mm-hmm. for a hero. It is, uh, yeah. Okay, so tell me about Miami. Um, Miami is a uh, kind of an overweight uh, goofball, um, so very far away from what I am in real life, um, and uh, he is very concerned about his health and some chest pains that he's been having recently. And uh, he hasn't been very, he hasn't been sleeping very well um, and uh, hasn't slept in five days, which I'm pretty sure is humanly impossible. So we don't know if it's a sleep thing or a, or a uh, you're asleep, but you think you're awake kind of thing. But, um, and uh, he's really looking to kind of, uh, make his, uh, you know, make his nest egg, make his, you know, big score, mm-hmm. so to speak, and kind of get away from it all. Yeah. And, uh, unfortunately, at the start of the story, uh, something that, that you suggested, one of the things in character creation that I love is one of the questions is what just happened. So tell me what just happened. Um, well, I was out, uh, driving, uh, at night. And, um, you know, when you drive in the woods at mm-hmm. night and kind of like there's there's kind of just like a wall on either side of you and you're looking through the windshield and your headlights only go so far into the darkness. And so mm-hmm. if you really stare ahead while you're driving and you're tired and it's dark and you're the only car on the road, the road kind of almost does this road runner 2d effect mm-hmm. where your headlights only go so far into the darkness. And so you're just basically, you feel like you're on one of those like child's toy video games that would be like just on a loop and you would just move yep. the little icon on like the running mm-hmm. piece of fabric. Like, and, uh, so I'm, I'm running on that, that little piece of fabric and I don't know if I hit something or something hit me, but all I know is all of a sudden I was, 
spinning and tumbling, and I wound up on the roof of the car, and mm-hmm. uh, car wound up on its roof, and I wound up crawling out of a window, and mm-hmm. relatively unscathed, but... Yeah. Um, Weirdly but, so, yeah. given how gruesome the car looks. Yeah, so that is what has just happened to me. And um, so, you crawl out of the car... Well, and and the car is, is gone. It is no longer the car is not a concern. Um, but you're and you're looking, and you're kind you're you're kind of surveying the area and trying to get a handle on like whether you get whether you hit something, whether something hit you, and you see a a mass like just the headlights are kind of like illuminating it, or the one headlight that hasn't exploded is like illuminating it just a little bit. And you're seeing that, like, you're you're at the edge of the woods, and the city is kind of down a hill a little bit. And there's this mass in the road. You can't quite make out what it is. But what you make out immediately, and two things kind of hit you immediately. One, the sirens of an ambulance, which, wonderful, good. Yeah. But two... It's real quiet otherwise. Real quiet. Quiet enough that you don't actually know how that ambulance figured out where you were. Or that this accident had happened. What do you do? Well, the car's not mine, so I don't, uh... I don't really want to be involved with any kind of... Anyone in an official capacity, certainly not a uniformed capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd almost like to step a little closer to that mass and see what it is exactly I'm dealing with. Uh, uh, you close in on it, and you've probably got to light it up with your phone or something. Or maybe if you have a flashlight on your keychain, like you, like it needs a little extra light. Like, it's real dark out. Like, there are no street lights or anything. This road doesn't seem terribly safe. and It seems almost... Almost anachronistically unlit, right? Like, it, it, it feels like even this far out, there should be some kind of illumination. But there's not. Okay. And you get closer to this mass, and... Hand... Hand to the sky. You put the light on it. And you've probably never seen an airplane tail close up. But there's goddamn airplane tail sticking out of the ground right now. And it looks like it hit your car. But it looks like it's... It doesn't look like it fell from the sky is the really weird part. It's kind of just jutting from the ground. And it looks like you hit this. I feel like a... Like an intense burning situation going on in my lungs right now. Mm-hmm. Um, is it smoking? Is it smoldering? Is it is it intact and just in the ground like some weird, uh, like Klaus Olenberg like sculpture? Or that's is exactly it- what it is. It's just in the ground. Like it's just there, jutting out of the ground. You don't see the rest of it. There's no rest of the plane. You just kind of see like the back like 10% of a plane, like the tail, like just the tail of a plane jutting out of the ground. 
on this dirt road. I feel like this is exactly what gets people killed, but I feel like if you if I saw something like if I see something like this, I got to touch it. Mhm. So I reach and out and touch the touch the tail, touch that like last rudder piece that's hinged on the back, you know. And it's it's banged up and dented and ruffled and like you kind of cut your finger a little bit on it on like a jagged piece of metal. Okay. But otherwise it's just it's just there. And as you kind of lean in to touch it, like the light of your flashlight or your phone catches Maybe it's not even the flashlight. Maybe it's the lights from the ambulance. Like, you catch just a little tiny glimpse of one of the buildings on the city below. And you just see doors. Like, six of them arranged into some semblance of a building. And that's about when the ambulance pulls up and people start, like, running out. Um, how many people are there? Uh, two paramedics, two paramedics pull up and you turn and they're mostly shrouded in like darkness, except for that. They're, they're kind of lit from behind with the, uh, the ambulance light and you don't get the best look at them, but they, they seem very stoic and they're kind of running. They're running to the car. One of them is kind of like looking to you and pointing to you. And that's about when the car pulls up behind them. (sighs) I call the paramedics over. All right. Desperately. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know. I didn't know how much I'm actually supposed to. No, no, please. Tell you. I call the paramedics over and I desperately ask them to help me look in the side of the road and in the woods for my wife, who was in the car, but is no longer. I woke up. She was gone. We hit something. Basically, I'm trying to get them to go away so I can jump in the ambulance and steal it. Sure. Sure. Okay. Uh, and I assume this is, I assume that there is not actually a wife in the car. Correct. All right. Good. So uh, we're going to make our first roll. Uh, this is uh, going to be. As you pull them close, this is about, yeah, as you pull them close, uh, you, you notice what's, what, you notice what's real weird about them. They, you know, you pull one close, you start explaining this and the light hits, the light hits his head just right. And there's this glint of metal off of his nose. And the blue, red, the red and blue lights of the ambulance kind of hit the plastic back half of his head. His head's a pushpin. That's probably not right. Oh God! And then you kind of see that, yeah, the other ambulance driver's head is also a pushpin, and oh yeah, this. So you see somebody get out of the car and. Same deal, and this guy's dressed like, think the worst 70s, like, journalist stock character, except with a pushpin for a head. Perfect, okay. And, like, a hat hovering over the pushpin. Um, so, uh, we're gonna ask, I'm gonna ask you for a roll now to convince these, uh, these pinheads to leave you alone so you can get in the ambulance. So, the way this is gonna work, 
is you're going to roll a number of dice, uh, you're, and we're going to build a dice pool, you're going to roll it, and I'm going to roll some pain dice against it, and then we're going to figure out what happens. I'm ready. Okay, so the first thing you're going to roll is your three discipline dice. You can choose if you, uh, well, if you would like to use your exhaustion talent, which is, uh, you have a supernatural ability to lie, as we explained in our character creation. Uh, if you'd like to use your, your lying ability, you can increase your exhaustion by one and roll an exhaustion dice. Okay, and how many sides do the dice have? Uh, they're all six-sided dice. Oh, perfect. I have them. So the first thing you'll roll is your three discipline dice. Okay, and then... I'm sorry, I have a clarifying question. Is the exhaustion ability a glass cannon, like a one-time use? Uh, no. Uh, the exhaust... What happens is you use it, your exhaustion goes up, and then every dice pool you roll after that, you'll add exhaustion to it. If you get to six exhaustion, you fall asleep which is probably very, very bad. Sweet. Okay. I'm going to skip the exhaustion dice on this time. Okay. So I hit the three discipline dice, correct? Uh, yes. And then you can optionally also roll. So you have your, your discipline dice, which are white, your exhaustion dice, which are black, which you're not, which you're choosing not to roll, which means you're not going to get access to your superhuman lying ability. You're right. just going to try to bluff them naturally. Then you can choose to add a number of madness dice, which are red. As many as you like. Uh, I'm going to be rolling four pain dice, which are which which might hurt you or cause you to fail your roll. Okay, so ostensibly I would roll my three discipline dice, and if I say wanted to add two madness dice to that, yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. One second. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so then my you want to count. You want to count any ones, twos, or threes that you get. Okay. On each dice pool. Yep. So we'll take it step by step. Roll your discipline dice and tell me uh, how many ones, twos, and threes you get, how many successes, as well as the highest result. Okay, I have one, two, and so one my, success. And my highest result was a six. All right. So now, if you would like to add any madness or exhaustion dice, uh, you're not adding any exhaustion dice. Correct. And if if you want to add any madness dice to that, uh, roll them now and do the same thing. Tell me how many successes and the highest number. Two successes. Highest number three. Okay. So, uh, I got two successes. High number six. Uh, and I also got two sixes. How many sixes did you get in your discipline dice? One. Okay, then yeah. What happens now is uh, you succeed. Yes. But pain is the dominant... Uh, is the dominant... What, it's, what it is is uh, you succeed... Is three successes, pain dominates. Ooh. That has a specific rules meaning that I'm going to look pull up in the rules summary real quick. I cannot wait to read this entire game when we're done. I'm glad I left myself in the dark. Oh yeah, there's some cool stuff happening. Okay. Ooh, ooh, fun, 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 fun. Um, <laughs> for you or for me. Dom if pain dominates, I get to take a coin and put it in my despair coffer. Ooh. What that means is that I get to make things very bad later. But then when I do, I give you that coin and you can make things very good later. But for now, I just get to have this coin to say that like things are going to that this is going to come back to haunt you. Do you keep your despair coffer in the living room or in the bedroom? 
Uh, I'm more of a bedroom guy. I figured, yeah, okay. You know, it's it, you, when you're tired and you just you just want to drop some things off into this <laughs> yeah, bear coffin. Exactly. <laughs> so okay, so yeah, you you explain that, and the um, the two paramedic pinheads immediately run to the car. Right, you're you, you're wide open. You get in the ambulance. You take off. Nice. What happens is the price that you pay is that this uh this sleazy journalist immediately hops in his car and follows behind you and is immediately starts tailing you and starts like talking into one of those old timey handheld uh recorders like a like the oh, what is his name from Twin Peaks Dale Cooper. Like Thank Dale you. Cooper exactly. I was like, Peaks. oh my god, now I had a brain. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he starts immediately talking into one of those old-timey recorders like like Dale Cooper in Twin Peaks. You see him and he's just it's you're you're looking in the mirror. It's just pointing this little point and like at this recorder and you assume words are coming out, but damn if you see a mouth. And the two of you, are you going towards or away from the city? Towards. It doesn't matter. You towards. go towards the city. Yeah. Uh, I'm headed towards the city. Um, I've turned the sirens off. Mm-hmm. You... Um, if I stop, does he stop? Okay. You pull into the city. It is... Everything. It's... You have entered into the mad city. It is a collection of buildings. A collection of doorways. It's where things go when they get lost. So there's that doorway that you never that you never opened and you never saw where it went. It's here. Huh. Old-timey buildings that just kind of like got condemned and closed down, maybe turned up here. So there's all different architecture styles, buildings from all over the world. You see more of these airplane tails and wings jutting out of things of all these planes that went missing from the sky. It's just this place that isn't there. You're driving and you see people running along rooftops, just kind of following the car. And you see people just looking and just kind of standing, not doing anything, just blank faced, almost like they're asleep. And you're not like you're the only person that's awake in the world. And there's this car behind you. Being driven by a man with a pushpin for a head. What do you do? I am going to... Uh, I pull off. I keep taking a turn. Mm-hmm. I turn right. I turn left. I see if he keeps up with me. I find the darkest little uh, driveway next to a shuttered tire store. And I pull in there. And I stop the ambulance and I shut it off. And I go back into the kind of patient bay of the ambulance. And I attempt to go invisible. Okay. So uh, you're going to use your madness talent, which is invisibility. Correct. Uh, do you want to just go invisible yourself, or do you want the whole ambulance to go invisible? My thought was to try to go invisible myself, to lure okay. the pushpin into the ambulance. Got it. Okay. Yeah. For that, uh, if you're sitting still, it'll it'll take a while. I'm going to say I'm going to rate this at a difficulty of three. 
which means we're going to make a roll to try and lure the lure the pinhead into the ambulance. And you're going to have to put three madness dice into your pool. Okay. So uh, let's make that roll. You're going to be. I'm going to be rolling first. I'm going to roll three pain dice. I got one success with a high of five. So roll your discipline pool. Two success, high of five. All right. Now roll your three madness dice. Oh, triple threes. Oh, that's very good. That's extremely good. Because that means uh, discipline dominates. That means you succeed with four successes, which is exceptional. Oh, yes. And discipline dominates, which is the best possible outcome. Can I narrate my plan here? What what I would like to do, maybe? Everything that you want to happen right now happens. Like, you tell me, tell me how perfectly it goes off. I stop the ambulance. I go invisible in the corner of the patient bay of the ambulance. Mm -hmm. I wait for him to open it. And as he approaches the driver's cabin, I grab the defibrillator off the wall. Oh, damn. And I put it up to that giant pinhead. And I let it rip. Oh, oh, and he just lights up. It smells like, it doesn't smell like burning flesh, it smells like melted plastic. The whole, the whole ambulance just reeks. Like somebody put, like somebody put something in the, like somebody put a plastic spoon in the microwave. Ugh. It's just, just that it's worst gross. plastic smell. Yeah, right? And uh, so you've, you've, you've got like, and it's just, it's not, you know, because an ambulance, it's all like sealed off and, and hypo and like aller like designed to keep things from like leaking so it's just trapped in there yeah it's an antiseptic environment yeah so that smell's not going anywhere and he's out he is out he is done can i examine him is he just like a pin body does the pin it looks like he's just it looks like he had a person's body but maybe but that smell Sure, says otherwise. Anything in his pockets? Any identification? Any weapons? Any cash? Uh, no weapons. You find that tape recorder. Um, that seems to be in working order. There is also, like, a notepad. It just, and, like, uh, there's a press badge. And there's a press badge, and it says, uh, Parker Holloway. Parker Holloway, uh, Taxman News. That's tax, T-A-C-K-S. Well, I feel like I'm not gonna get anywhere impersonating him without a pinhead. Probably not. Um, how difficult would it be to remove the pinhead from the body? Uh, I'm going to say it would be spectacularly difficult because you're basically beheading a person. Okay. I just wanted to see if their body physics worked the same way ours did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You try it. Like, you try to... It's it's weird because it's just... It's not attached by a neck. Like, you're trying... And, and so you reach for it. There's got to be a medical but song moves, in the ambulance, right? It moves like the head on a neck. Okay. Um... I'm going to search the ambulance for any kind of accelerant and try to start a small fire that will yeah, engulf think, the ambulance. And- 
Hopefully. I think I think you're pretty much able to do that more or less immediately. Okay. Uh, it lights up. You get out of the ambulance and um, yeah, it light up the ambulance and you get out and you look around and there are witnesses. You know, you see them on the roof. At first, they're just silhouettes, but then they start kind of hopping down. Oh god! <laughs> and you just start hearing extra, extra. Ambulance fire. Tax man down. Murder? Murder in the mad city? Oh. Hold on. I gotta figure out. I gotta look up his name. I forgot the character. I forgot, forgot the name. Extremely good name. Oh, Officer Talk is gonna hate this. Officer Talk will not like this. Extra, extra. Read all about it. 50 cents. 50 cents for a paper. There are six old-timey newsies surrounding you. Oh, I don't like this at all. What do you do? I would like to. I'd like to attempt to use my exhaustion talent, and I'm going to okay. lie to them and say that that guy attacked me, and I did this in self-defense. Okay, I love it. Uh, let's make a roll. I said there are six of them, so I'm going to be rolling six pain dice. Uh, okay, that's not great. That's three successes, high of six. Okay, so three discipline. You are going to roll. Uh, your discipline dice. Give me your discipline roll. Uh, one fell off the table, of course. Uh, two successes, six high. I can't tell if I can't tell if I'm rolling well or not, which is yeah, no, kind of what I love rolling, about this. You've been rolling pretty well so far. I feel like uh, if 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 you're gonna play this game, go in dark. Yeah. This is a. I'm really enjoying you not quite knowing. It's bits. It's very. It's fun. amazing. I'm. This is. Yeah. This is great. Um, now now roll your uh roll your exhaustion dice. How many? Just uh just the one. Okay. You're increasing your exhaustion by one, so you roll one to exhaustion dice. Which means that your exhaustion permanently goes up by one. So now every roll after that, you will add an exhaustion dice. I hit a two. Okay, so that's one success. One success high of two. Uh, now, if you'd like to add, roll, add any madness dice, you can add them now. Up to how many? Uh, as many as you'd like. But know that the more dice you roll, the more likely it is that madness dominates and things go very badly. Maybe not terribly. I mean, you've got you've got all of your respond all of your fear responses. Well, I feel like. In keeping you need with the one sp- success to succeed, is what I'll say. Okay. In, in keeping with the spirit of the game, let's go all five. And I got no successes whatsoever. Three fives, a six, and a four. Okay. Um, of course. Okay. So what happens is uh, pain dominates, which means I'm going to take... Actually, you know what? I'm not going to have pain. I'm going to just straight up take away uh I'm going to take away uh, well if pain's dominating I'm just going to keep it and take that add that coin to my despair coffer as pain dominates uh you barely succeed they what happens is they start uh they kind of disperse you know a few of them one of them hands you a paper though and just kind of like, here you go, buddy. But uh, 
I know what the papes wrote, and uh, you're not going to like it. I rarely do do anytime I've been in the newspaper. Do you look at the newspaper? Oh, anytime that I've ever appeared in the newspaper, like as a child in a Peter Pan costume for dress up as your favorite book character day. That was on the fridge for a while. It's got um, it's got tomorrow's date on it. And it's it says uh, hold on. There's a there's a thing I have to I might have to ask you to roll against. Oh, yeah, okay. It's got it's got tomorrow's date on it. And what it says is uh Officer Talk declares war on uh Mad City's na- latest serial killer. And Officer Talk is standing on a on a podium. And this is your first look at Officer Talk. He has a uh, pocket watch for a face. He's his mouth is open. He's kind of like pointing with one finger and he's yelling and his mouth is just full of spinning gears and they're spinning on the newspaper. It's like a gif on this old-timey newspaper. And that doesn't sound great. So I'm the serial killer? Yes, it says it says uh Miami Vargas suspect in uh vandalism and murder talk has sworn to bring down the full hammer of justice on this individual i mean my natural instinct would be to get out of town steal a car go back up through the woods but i don't want to run into any more embedded airplanes yeah it's pretty late it's like what 12 30 Maybe 12 to 12, between 12 and 12.15, probably. <sighs> That's actually the last thing you hear one of the news, the, the paper boys say as he climbs up, as he starts climbing on some of these, like, old fire escapes. He says, <laughs> yeah, I'd want to get out of town, too, especially before 13 o'clock. Do I see any kind of, like, central, like, clock tower? Is there a bank with a digital display? like a- uh, There is... And uh, a very old-timey clock tower. And it's ticking. It's actually a clock tower, but the face of it is is like a wristwatch. One of those very intricate wristwatches. Like, like a sport watch. Like the Casio like data computer, like that kind of wristwatch? No, I'm thinking like a... Uh, I'm thinking like a sport watch where it's got all of the hands on it, but it also has date dot like day day and date dials. It's got a lot of got dials it. and a lot of hands. And you can see it's twelve seventeen a.m. And there's a thirteen. There's a thirteen right at the end of the clock. What do I have on my person? Uh, you tell me. What, what did you have on you when you went out driving? Like, I'll let you have anything within reason. Okay, a wallet with a credit card with a $250 limit? Yeah. Uh, 36 bucks in cash. Okay. A pocket knife? Sure. A protein bar? Half eaten. That's probably about it. All right. 
That's enough to get you out of the city, probably. I mean, I don't know for sure, but I'd imagine. But, uh, you're looking at this paper, and there is an editorial from uh, another one of these pinhead journalists. And it just says, uh, it says, for all of his, it says, let's not, let's not jump to exercising, to excising Vargas too soon. I've heard from a certain tax man up above that, uh, that ticker of his, burning hot as it is, is awful valuable. And this is another journalist that wrote this? Yeah, it's just another entry in the paper. What's his name? His name is... Biggs Malone. Do I see a payphone? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you start to, you look around, you kind of do a 360 and you don't see one. And then you start to turn around again and there's just one right over your shoulder. It's that, it's that kind of city. Is Biggs Malone in the book? Uh, yeah. In fact, you're flipping through it and you don't, you can't read the phone book at first. It takes a minute. It's just gibberish. But then like you open it up and... There's, there it is. It's his face, bright and clear, with a number underneath it. And there's a quarter, just taped to it. Yeah, I'm gonna put that quarter in the phone, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna call him up. You go to put in that first number, and you hear on the other line, "Oh my god, this is oh, this is a juicy interview opportunity," and your your fingers hovering over that first number. And Biggs Malone's on the phone with you. Hey, Biggs. Hey, Miami. So I saw what you wrote about me in the paper. Um, where are you getting your info about my heart, my friend? Oh, we have our sources, you know. Uh, uh, client confidentiality. You understand, I can't name my sources. Yeah, but You, you know the game. You're going to have to tell me worth what to who. Oh, the tax man. He likes collecting things. He's got his eyes set on that heart. And uh, if I know the tax man, and I definitely know the tax man, he's going to get it. Especially with talk looking for you. You're in trouble. All right, well, what do I got to do if I want to keep it? Oh, I mean... My gut says uh, you ain't keeping it one way or the other, but uh, I suppose uh, I suppose if you just uh, well, I wouldn't say getting out of the city is the safest option because uh, I know Tox got Tox got uh, sentries at just about every road out of town, clockwork tenants, that kind of thing, but. Uh, well, I suppose. I mean... What can you tell me about him? Where does he hang out? Does he have any family? What does he... How can I change his mind? I just want to get out of the city. So, here's here's what I would say. I don't think you're going to change his mind. But, I will say... Uh, I know the tax man's not after you. He's after that ticker. 
And if the tax man's after something, that means it's got an awful lot of value. If you could find a replacement at the bazaar, well, you'd be in good shape. I mean, you could sell that ticker for, oof, I don't even know how much. It's worth its weight in gold, probably. What's going to constitute a suitable replacement? Uh, I mean, it's a heart for a heart, probably. I mean, you, you've got you, you're going to need something to pump blood, but you find it. But I, you probably find something at the bazaar. How do I get there? Take four lefts. Go go two blocks south. Turn. Go two blocks north. Turn. Go two blocks east. Go about three blocks southwest, two blocks southeast, four blocks north, and close your eyes and jump. And it should be right in front of you. You're really not keen on helping me, are you? I just gave you step-by-step directions. You know, if you're not gonna, if you're not gonna, if, if you're gonna be rude, I with this interview can end at any time. I have the material I want. This interview's over. All right, good. Have a wonderful day. The issue will be out in about three days. Click. How many people are out on the street with me right now? Uh, dozens, dozens upon like it's a bustling city street. But as you're looking around. The amount the, the the two que- there's two questions kind of at play there is how many people are on the street and how many people are awake. And it seems and in terms of how many people are on the street, dozens, maybe a hundred or more. Like it's, you know, a Manhattan street. Think think in terms of like congestion. But how many people are are present? Three or four, maybe? You know, there's the guy at the newspaper stand, a couple people yelling at a paper boy. Most everybody's just kind of going about their day. Anybody look like me? Yeah. One guy. Like not pinheads? Yeah. Well, most, I'd say 90, you know, pretty much everybody on the street is look, it looks like you. Most of these people are just people. Okay. People that kind of wound up in the city and got stuck and fell and kind of fell asleep but there's but there is somebody that looks like you somebody that looks awake standing on a corner flipping a coin just kind of looking around real shifty real anxious looking hmm what about the newspaper stand guy can I go up to him and talk to him can I ask yeah, him yeah yeah uh, for sure he's real you know he's kind of he sees you and he looks at the papers and he gets real he gets real pale. He's like, I, I don't want any trouble, please. I, I I put a lot of work into my stand. Please don't burn it down and kill me. How do I get out of the city? How do you get how do you get out of the city? I guess in a body bag. But uh that's probably not the kind of answer you're looking for, but um You got a car? I yeah, I got a car. Do you, yeah, I'll I'll loan it to you for a price. What's your price? How about I don't burn down your stand? Give me a roll for this. Okay. This is gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna make this a three. I'm gonna roll three pain dice. That's one success, a high of six. So give me your discipline dice. 
Uh, two success, high six. Okay, and now give me your exhaustion dice. One. Yeah. A five. All right, I am going to, uh, I'm going to spend one of my despair coins, which means you get a coin, which means you get to hold on to a coin. Uh, what's it called? If you hold on to it, just so I know the correct, just so I give it the correct uh, terminology. One second. A strong box of hope. It actually is called hope. You are correct. <laughs> please tell me that I. Please tell me that that is correct. It's not the strong box of hope. It's the coffer of hope. But it was hope. You. Were oh my correct. god! Prescient. This game is really okay. messing with me. Okay. <clears throat> Good. Good. So I'm going to spend one of my despair coins, which means I'm going to hand it to you. You're going to get a hope coin, which means that you can use it to do some cool things uh, over time. Like in time, you can spend that hope coin and it goes away. You can uh, spend it to remove an exhaustion, remove a check mark from flight or flight, or add an instant success to your discipline pool. But for now, uh, because I've removed that six... Pain, pain absolutely dominates, and I'm going to force you to mark an exhaustion. Okay. You have to basically, like, put on... You have to lay it on thick with this guy. You know, you have to be like, I'm gonna burn, I'm gonna burn down. You know, you have to play, play into being a killer. And it's a, it's a whole song and dance that you have to do, and it's exhausting, and your chest is just hurting. It's tightening and you're because you're like you've got to kind of force yourself to get stressed out. So your chest is like tightening. Yeah. And you're just tired. You're so tired. But he eventually just like hands you the keys. He's like, hey, look, I, I said one thing when you came over here. I told you one thing and it's not bur- don't burn down the newsstand. Just it's uh, it's fine. It's fine. And he hands you the keys. And you've got a you've got a car. You could you could get out. Were it not for the two, uh, were it not for the two clock faced uh, cops running down the running down the street, pushing pe- pushing sleepers aside to try and uh, tackle you. What do you do? <sighs> the cops are on foot. Yeah. Do I have time to get to the car to try to drive to the bazaar? Yes, you do. All right, I'm going to get in the car. I'm going to fire right. it up and drive to the bazaar, following the instructions that Biggs gave yeah. me. Give me, give me, a, give me a roll for this. Okay. Let me find the exact uh, amount that I'm going to be rolling. And in the meantime, go ahead and roll your discipline and your exhaustion, and then we'll see if you want to roll madness after. Discipline, one success, five high. Exhaustion six. Uh, and you have the option to increase your exhaustion. You always have the exhaustion, the option to increase your exhaustion by one to roll an additional dice. So if you need it, you have that option. Let's give it a shot. I'm going to increase my exhaustion by So that'll give me another exhaustion marker, correct? As I keep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which well, now your exhaustion is three. I have to say that uh, I have very little on my desk right now within arm's reach, but there happened to be a weird loose ibuprofen on the desk. And good. so that is my that is my hope token. That is serving as my hope token at the moment. That's good. I like that a lot. Yeah, I thought that would be very. I thought that just adds to the madness. Yeah, that extra exhaustion dice was a five, so no good. Okay, good. Uh, so I've got two successes. So 
Uh, you've got, I think, one success right now? Correct. So if you want to add some madness dice, go ahead. We're going to go with lucky number four madness All right. dice. And that's uh, two successes, a four, and a five. Perfect. Okay. Uh, oh, good. Good. Something fun has happened. Oh, great. Yeah, fun for you or fun for me? Fun for me. Yeah, that's what I figured. Um, oh, but you have that hope coin, and you can actually undo this after I explain it. You have succeeded with two degrees of success, and exhaustion has dominated. Which means that driving... You're driving through, like, a crowded city street, but it opens up in just such a way that you're back on that country road for, like, a split second. And you're, you're driving that car along that strip of fabric again. And you're tired. You're just so tired. Your exhaustion increases by another one, putting you up to four exhaustion. I thought I was at two exhaustion. Okay. You increased it. You were at two. Yep. Oh, I increased you it with increased the extra it by, dice. You increased it by one. No, or did you increase it to two? Yeah. I increased it. Oh. I increased it by adding one. To the oh, so then, yeah, one. you're at three. You're, at, three. you're at three exhaustion. Okay. You, incur, you, you, because exhaustion dominates. Even after you, inc- you voluntarily increased it, you now go up to three exhaustion. But and you, uh, six you follow is the death, correct? Six is sleep. Oh yes, that's which correct. Which is might bad. be worse. Might be worse than death. death. Oh great. Okay. Uh, but you follow the instructions to the letter. You, uh, you close, and it ends with you closing your eyes in the car and like hopping in your seat. And there it is a massive, bustling bazaar. Shopkeeps, people selling things. You see some you, it, people running from place to place. You see a couple kids being chased by like half a dozen newsies. Just a mess of a scene, right? Like, and people just selling all kinds of weird wares and thing and odds and ends. And it seems like you could find anything here. A memory. A dream. A ticket. A heart. It seems like you could find anything for a price. What do you do? Is there a costume shop? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you wander around. If you wander around long enough, you can find absolutely anything. So there's absolutely a costume shop. I enter and ask the proprietor to show me. It's like a big tent. It's a big tent. Yeah. Well, I, I enter the tent and I ask the proprietor to show me. His finest masks. I want a pinhead mask. I want to look like a... I'm going to a costume party, and I want to look like a reporter. A pinhead mask? Well, all right, then. It's, that's not going to run you cheap. It's going to have to... It's going to It's gonna cost you, but yeah, I got a... I got a... I got a Parker Holloway mask here for you if you want it. And he pulls out... And it's the exact pinhead that you fried. You got the suit that goes with it? 
oh, yeah, 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 it's a whole package deal. Uh, I mean, it'll cost you a little extra for the suit, but yeah, it's a whole thing. It's a whole deal. I'll, I'll cut you. I'll cut you a deal if you don't burn down the tent on your way out. How about that? I got a car oh. I can give you. Cars? Oh, I mean, cars, fine. This is a costume shop. What am I going to do with a car? Tell you what, here's, here's what I'll give you. I'll give it to you for a fear. I'm afraid I'm going to die in my sleep. I mean, I mean, we're all afraid we're going to die in our sleep. I'm going to need a little more than that. I'm going to attempt to bluff and give him something fake. I'd like to try to use my superpower. All right. So your exhaustion talent. So your exhaustion goes up to four. To bluff this guy is probably going to be... F- I'm going to roll four dice. Okay. I got uh, one success, high of six. Okay. So discipline first. Yep. No successes, high of six. All right, so roll your four. Roll your four exhaustion dice. Three successes, high of five. All right. And uh, you don't need to add any madness to this. You're fine. Yeah, you uh, tell him whatever you want, and he buys it. And uh, if you would like, you can spend that hope to let discipline uh, succeed, and then get some bonus, some like get a moment to recharge and heal up. I'm gonna hold it. I'm gonna hold on to the hope. Okay. Because you got to. All right, then. uh... Oh, you know what? That's probably the right call, because I realized discipline, uh, at a a, a perfect tie, discipline uh, wins anyway. So, uh, what you, so yeah, uh, you've got two successes, uh, discipline dominates, which means uh, you survive. Which means, tell, uh, tell me what the lie is, and then also, where is when discipline dominates? So tell me what the lie is, and then uh, decrease your exhaustion by one, since none of your response boxes are checked. I still don't understand how that mechanic works. I don't think that's why I haven't used any. Um, oh, uh, so the exhaustion box or the, the 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 response boxes? If madness dominates, okay. If madness dominates, then it triggers your fight or flight. And if you uh, run out of okay, that, you it. snap. Got it. That's sorry. No, that's fine. So that's not something I can invoke. That's all based on the roll. Yeah. Got it. Uh, I tell him that my biggest fear is mayonnaise. All right. And he kind of laughs. Mayonnaise? (laughs) Boy, I thought you were like a serial killer, but you're just a chump. You're just a big old goofball. Oh, I should have known looking at you. You look like a big old goof, but uh, mayonnaise. Oh, oh, I needed that. That was a good laugh. Yeah, costume's yours. And uh, he hands it to you, and you look at the clothes in your hands, and they're the exact clothes that you were wearing. And you look down, and you're already wearing the full outfit. You reach up and touch your nose. And you prick your finger and it bleeds a little bit. Oh, that's interesting. The pin is outward. I had imagined it 
stalk down into the like the oh. stalk it was the neck. That's fascinating. Yeah, I had visualized it as the nose. Sort of a floating situation. Oh, that's fabulous. I like that. Okay. Um I ask the proprietor what places in the bazaar are unmissable. What are the good stall recommendations? Oh, uh, and he leans forward and he says, uh for you for your uh and he just kind of waves his hand in front of you, your situation. Stop by uh Marquez's Irreplaceables. He could probably cut you a deal that you might really value. What's good to eat help around you, here? <laughs> help you sleep after all. <sighs> Marquez's and hey, are these uh these clothes work worth anything? And I hold up to him the the clothes I were I was wearing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can give you uh, some. I'll, I'll, how about this? I'll give you directions. I can't really get a whole lot out of him otherwise. And but uh, he takes them, and he kind of turns you around. He grabs your shoulders, turns you around, and gives you like a kick, like a boot in the butt, shoves you out of the tent. And you look, you look up and over your shoulder, and the costume tent is on the far end of the bazaar. And you're standing right in front of Marquez's Irreplaceables. Oh, I like that. Although I would have tried to sell it to him as a serial killer costume, but that seems worth it. Um, what is the what does the building look like? Is it also a tent? Is it a small it stall? Is, uh, it is just a table in front of a van. It's that <laughs> kind of uh, it's that kind of uh, bizarre shop. Marquez is a Marquez is standing behind it. He's very old. He's got a beard. He's got a green baseball cap, and like one of those poofy the poofy green jackets. Sorry, I I temporarily lost the plot because I'm just blown away at how good this, like how cinematic this uh, mm-hmm. game is at creating moments. Yep. Uh, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, yeah, so it's like maybe it's all maybe it's all Jeff. So far be it for me to diminish your capability of storytelling. I'm not going to give all it's, the credit to the game, but it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. But it's uh, damn, that was good. Okay, I got just blown away by the moment there for a second. That was good. Um, so what's so irreplaceable about this place? Um, it's it's he's got a lot of stuff in jars. Oh, I was asking him. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. I should have made that clear. No, no. I walk up to Marquez and ask him, so why, what's so irreplaceable about this place? I mean, it's uh, the goods, the wares, and he kind of gestures, and it's like jars and envelopes. You you, you kind of like pick up an envelope and it just says, my, it just says like, my first kiss. And you look at one of the jars and it's, the last time my last cry at home and he's like I collect things that are valuable and irreplaceable now I know you I mean everybody in town knows you what are you looking for 
if you had to tell me what your most valuable item was, I assume they're all one of a kind, so... Oh, for sure. What would be the one thing that the most people would want to get their hands on? And he, uh... He says, I think we can make a deal. And he reaches into his coat pocket. It's not even on the table. And he pulls out, like, a folded up post-it note. And he leans forward and he says, Tox's greatest fear. I don't call him irreplaceable for nothing. I imagine that's going to cost me quite a bit. So what do you want? Uh, It'll cost you. I mean, you know, I got to get that ticker. You know, you know, I got to get that ticker. It's it's all the tax man's raving about. It's the most valuable thing in the city. I damn I damn near swear. Yeah, but if I could solve my problem that way, then I would just gone directly to him and I wouldn't have even need to come to you. You go to a guy in a van because you need a guy in a van. So do what a guy in a van does. All right. You're right. You're right. I I can make a deal with you. And he pulls out a jar and it's empty and it just says. Grandpa's grandpa's comfort. You give me that ticker. I make it so you never hurt again. And I give you the fear. Which, honestly, that's a ticket out of the city. And yeah, you might feel a little old. You might feel a little slow. You might feel a little sad. But your chest won't hurt. And you'll be out of here. Any other options? Uh, you could try to run for it. Um, <laughs> or, hmm... I suppose if you give darkest moment the one thing that you could never tell anyone. The one thing that, well, actually, you know what? I'll make a deal with you. And and he kind of gestures to the tent. Don't try to lie. Don't make this a lie, right? I know your deal. Give me your real we, we'll make it a greatest fear one-for-one one trade. And he hands you, like, a blank post-it. Write it down. Be honest. <laughs> Write it down so you can't lie to me with your little magic powers. I know I know your deal. He keeps saying that. <laughs> Even as he's just, like, offhandedly telling you things, he keeps saying, I know your deal. Write it down. Be honest. And I'll give you this, and you can get out of the city. Your chest will hurt, but you'll get out of the city. I take a pen and a piece of paper from him, and as I bend over to write it down for him, he's kind of hovering over me, holding the fear in his hand. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to shove him, knock that envelope out of his hand, All right. and then try to grab it and turn it invisible so that I can make like he dropped it, lost it. Oh, I like and that. I'm try That's to book it clever. Out. Yeah. That's clever. I like that a lot. All right. Give me that uh give me that roll. I'm going to call that uh I'm going to call it for the speed of it. I'm going to call it 3 madness dice. Okay. 
And he's tricky. I mean, he is—he is a seller of irreplaceable things. So a straight three, ma- so a straight three madness, or three discipline, and then three madness. Three discipline, three madness, and your exhaustion dice. Okay. And I am rolling. I'm rolling eight dice because he is a seller of irreplaceable things. <laughs> oh God. Okay. All right. He is All not right. to be fooled around with. I like this. There's kind of gambling. Yeah. Yeah. Bets, bids. That is a three success. With four sixes. Okay. One success. Uh, six and a five. So th- that was my three discipline. Three success on the madness. And then how many exhaustion? Uh, how what? What's your exhaustion rating? Right now I'm at two. So roll two. No, I think I thought you were at three. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Discipline succeed. You're right, two. Yeah, roll two. Unless you want to up that to three. Two successes on the... Two successes or two and a three on the uh, exhaustion. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, you shove him. Uh, there's a huge calamity. People are not happy about that, but, like, no one knows what happened. He just dropped it. People will talk about the day that Marquez dropped Talk's Greatest Fear forever. So now I want to play out one last moment. As you get out of the city... Before I spend this this coin and we end it, I want to play out one last moment. I still have my hope piece, too. Oh, good, 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 good. Because I'm going to play out, I'm going to use this despair to make things bad for you. And say that before you get out of the city, talk and about a dozen of these clock-faced uh, clockwork lieutenants are waiting for you. What do you do? You won't have to roll for it, especially since you have that hope coin and you have you have the hope coin. You have his greatest fear. You get out. What do you do? So I've gotten past him or I have to get past him. Describe to me how you get past him and then describe to me what your hope what you spend the hope on. I'm not going to ask you to roll for it because because you've got his greatest fear. You can just like you just have to describe to me how you get past him. Okay, this may be corny, but I'm going to go for it. (laughs) Tak became a cop because his dad was a bad man. And so I call him up Mm -hmm. on that same payphone. And I ask him, I say, I knew your dad. I met him in prison. I was only there for a short while, but we did stay together. And I was grateful to him because he... Showed me the ropes the first few days there and kind of made sure nobody messed with me. Your dad was a bad guy. You know how you always wondered whether or not he killed your mom? Well, he told me. Either way. Don't you want to know? And in exchange for telling him the answer, he let me leave town. You made it, well, I'm happy that you could be lying to me. You could be. I know you're, I I, I am aware (laughs) of your capabilities. But uh, in the unlikely scenario that you're being honest, I would be happy to know that my father helped you in your time of need. And uh, as to... The terms of your agreement, get out of my city, 
Never speak a word of what may or may not have been whispered into your ear at that moment. And uh, if you ever, if I ever see you here again, oh. I will ensure that you are. <sighs> don't you want to know though? I don't. I really, truly don't. I'm fine. I, I, I have I made would. my peace with this. Get out of my city. And if I ever see you here again, I will be the one that kills you. That is not a threat. That is the terms of a legally binding contract. And I want to emphasize this to you. I take the law very seriously. And he hangs up. And you turn around and there's like... I feel like I just made a life menace, like nemesis. That was great. You turn around and there's three cops, like there's a cop car that just kind of like slowly pulls away. And you're eventually able to leave the city as the clock strikes 13. Like you just pull off, you just pull up that road. 20 minutes, hottest 20 minutes of my life. And the city locks up and suddenly everything's just gone and you're back to normal. And for the first time in a week, your chest lightens a little bit. And then I spend that despair coin. That recorder starts playing. And it starts to tell you things. Things that you didn't think anyone knew. It seems that The Mad City's got more of a beat on you than you realized. And that's just how the news operates. And that's game. Dang, but I didn't get to spend my hope. Oh, right. I was supposed to ask you. What do you what do you spend the hope on? Uh in addition to (laughs) I'll give the goofy answer for this one, which is in addition to Finding out that guy's greatest fear, I also found his hidden stash of gold, and I retired to Florida, where I commute by jet ski. Oh, you know what it was? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ground that a little bit because, like, okay, no, fine. no, that's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. That, like, I think what it is is, I mean, yeah, I think you're able to. I think that you are because you still have that connection to the city. You are event. You are able to pawn that off. Because, I mean, it's real valuable. So, yeah, you are absolutely... Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're able to pawn it off. I like that. That's good. You're not exactly a good person. Better ending. No. Yeah. God, I feel like I could do a whole other hour just analyzing this game. (laughs) I'm so... I I love it. We will have... I would would like to record that eventually. Not tonight, because I got to do dishes and eat dinner. No, no, no. Like, eventually. Uh, Yeah, yeah, definitely dinner. Uh, I uh, also... My... uh, I feel like my microphone picked up like a ton of weird ambient apartment noise, like my rabbit drinking at the water bottle, some geese outside, some yelling children. So I feel like it, it really like un like unintentionally edited a very weird and appropriate soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, I feel pretty good about that. Yeah, so just leave it in. Who cares? No, Chris, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on Party of One. This was awesome. Jeff, this is so great. I really appreciate it. So real quick, where can people find you online? Uh, I am on Twitter at the Chale, uh, C H A L E. Uh, that is my new uh, Twitter after kind of closing down my wrestling Twitter, and I'm going through 
follower withdrawal. So follow me there because I've yeah got, follow I've, follow Chris. He's great. I've lost ninety percent of my numbers. Yeah, uh, but um, yeah, you can find me there. I, I am doing Philly's funniest in helium. That's coming up in like uh, June, July, and August. I believe is across the months, maybe a little shorter than that. Who knows? I'm not very good at uh, dates, which is probably why I do stand up. Future me will have the dates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll, 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 he'll edit you'll that in and make me sound much more put together than I really am. And uh, yeah. Um, awesome. I, I had a blast. Thank you so much. This was great. Oh, this was awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This was a delight. And I am going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take a future me. Thanks, Fast Me. And thanks again to Chris for coming on to the show. That game was so good. It was an outstanding game. I loved it. If you're in the Philly area, be sure to head to Helium Comedy tonight. That's May 29th at 7 p.m. Give Chris your support in Philly's Funniest. He and I would both very much appreciate it. And if you see him there, tell him you enjoyed the show. I think he would get a big kick out of that. Also, whether or not you're in the Philly area, you should follow Chris on Twitter at TheChail. Then, while you're on Twitter, you should follow us at Party of One Pod, then slide on over to Facebook and like the show at facebook.com slash partyofonepodcast. Then you can join our Discord community at bit.ly slash partyofonediscord. Talk to us about professional wrestling, the show, role-playing games, all of those things that people want to talk about. It's a good community. If you enjoyed the show, consider backing us on Patreon at patreon.com slash partyofonepodcast. Patreon backers get access to bonus material, many podcasts and interviews, and Patreon dollars help pay for hosting fees, equipment costs, live shows, convention appearances, all that kind of cool stuff. That's patreon.com slash partyofonepodcast. You can also consider leaving us a nice iTunes review, a social media shout-out, or a word-of-mouth recommendation. Any of those things help new listeners find the show, which helps us do bigger, better, and cooler things. Now, if you thought listening to that podcast, just hanging out with Jeff sounds like the most fun. I wish I could hang out with Jeff for another, like, 45 minutes to an hour every single week. First of all, thank you. That's very flattering. Second of all, you should listen to All My Fantasy Children. All My Fantasy Children is a character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast powered by you. Every week, my best friend Aaron Catano Saez and I take a listener prompt and spin it into a fully-fleshed tabletop character populating a shared fantasy universe one person at a time. Check the show out at allmyfantasychildren.com. Party of One is produced and edited, as always, by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Megaran featuring the D&D Sluggers. If you're interested in coming onto the show, whether you are a podcaster, game designer, professional wrestler, ex-Russian ring announcer, writer, actor, singer, medical doctor, or you just love a good role-playing game, shoot me an email at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for me. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody.